All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of the Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthume and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 18 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. I am your host, Brock Segan. Got Dylan D. Berthume to my right, Michael Biebs Bondi to my left. D, how's it going, bud? Going well. Happy to be here, Brock. Excited to talk about some fantasy hockey with the three of us. Yeah. And Biebs, how are you? It's good. Left the fellas for a rock show last week, so you know it's nice just to have the the PB and J combo going here. Um, but good to be back, and uh, and you know rocking the mics with you fellas. So yeah, so, uh, apologies go out uh, quickly just because yeah. uh, we were unable to record an episode on Wednesday. I just simply did not have the time. Hefty. Beebs is like, when are we doing a podcast? I'm like, soon. When are we doing a podcast? Soon. When are we? We're not. I'm so super that was, that annoying. Was, that so, was yeah. completely my fault. But uh, we're back. It's it's Thursday night, so you'll be listening to this Friday morning on your way into work, most likely, uh, or in the afternoon, or whenever you want to listen to this. Hope you. Uh, enjoy all the content we've brought to you so far this season. I feel like uh, off to a nice start. We're just taking a look here. Another Timo Gino assisted by Eric Carlson. That is just the uh, that's the DFO combination yeah. at the moment. Friend of the show, Timo Gino. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, since we did not talk about the waiver wire on Wednesday like we typically do, we are going to focus on the waiver wire today and um, basically just go through a wide range of uh, owned percentages, any, anywhere from 40% to under 10% owned. Uh, try to give you guys a wide variety of different pickups and... Uh, 
at, of course, we'll have Dylan coming through at the end with his weekend streaming options. If you listened to Monday's episode and picked up some of the early week streamers we had, our number one target was Dylan Strom, and he's went absolutely nuclear, and it's only Thursday, so yeah. Uh, plays again tomorrow, plays again Sunday, and uh, I'm sure the Capitals will be once again heavily featured on the weekend streaming at the end of today's show. But without further ado, let's get into the waiver wire report, and our top pickup Right now at 42% owned is Andre Burakovsky, left wing, right wing eligible, 14 games played, 13 points, excuse me, four goals, nine assists, 39 shots on goal, and uh, obviously occupying that top line and top power play unit. We've talked about Burakovsky a ton. We've really talked about this team a lot because um, their, their offense so far this season has been really, really impressive, and the own percentages on some of their players really hasn't caught up yet, like at all. Like most of their team is still really, really under owned, despite the fact that they are one of the highest scoring teams in the league, which I don't know if many people expected was going to happen because they were so low scoring a season ago. But they currently sit sixth in the NHL in goals per game behind only the Bruins, the Sabres, the Oilers, the Devils, and the Stars. And they also rank um, top... 15? Where'd they go? No, they're 21st in the league, actually, in expected goals for per 60. So maybe that's yeah. why so nobody's picking be, them up yet. Might be a bit of a change there. but A um, little bit of, uh, yeah, of good fortune early 23rd on. 23rd in the league in shots on goal per game. But so. Burakovsky's been great. There's really no red flags in his production. Shooting just 10%. He's actually a career 14% shooter. As we mentioned, 39 shots in 14 games. The on-ice shooting percentage around 11.9. We talked about him seemingly every week, and it's... It, we keep saying like it's really just the first time he's ever been given a chance to kind of, uh, you know, be a star on a team. So, D, anything to add here on Burakovsky moving forward? I mean, huge game the other night. Yeah, no, I don't think there's a whole lot to add. You know, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, and it, it's much the same. It's it's nice as ice time is trending in the right direction, and, and that's the big thing that we hope to see continue to grow here. Um, still just on the season, averaging 60 minutes and 41 seconds a night. So only about a 25 second increase from where he was at with the avalanche last season, but over his last seven games, that's up above 17 minutes, closer to 17 and a half uh, and trending in the right direction. I think that's a team that's still kind of figuring itself out uh, in terms of, you know, what that top six is really going to look like for the rest of the season and who the guys are that they're going to be leaning on. And it just, like I said, it's trending in the right direction. Uh, and that's what we really want to see happen here because everything looks great his shot volume is up yeah. that was always a concern with him um never opted to shoot quite as much as you as you would have liked that you know would suggest that uh there was real breakout potential here but he's put that aside he's got 39 shots in 14 games this year almost three times a game uh while playing similar ice time so if he can get that ice time up a little bit if they can get him a couple extra minutes a night uh then i'd feel really good about him being able to maintain this kind of point per game pace we've seen from him so far yeah he's on pace for 230 shots uh, if you were to keep this up which is absolutely blows his previous career high of 149 last year out of the water and um to get a guy under under 50 percent owned who plays i believe it's both wings here and can get over 200 shots that's uh that's pretty incredible seattle kind of feels like last year's new jersey to me where it's just there's a lot of players who are actually producing who are just not getting respect and uh and we'll but then we'll, eventually you were like looked out you looked at Jesper brad on your waiver wire for like months and we year. kept saying pick up a yes for brad yes for brad yes for brad and by the end of the season he was a fantasy superstar yeah. and maybe this is burakovsky yeah look at Jesper brad now he's old foot six points over a point per game whatever it is not to say that that's happening but but we might be 
getting a New Jersey light this year from Seattle. Um, I think people definitely need to start listening a bit more to, to Burakovsky because he's currently shooting 10% on the year, but he does shoot 14% throughout his career, and that's a pretty lengthy nine-year career, so it's not like it's not like it's a little flash in the pan here. So if he can bring that 4% up with these extra shots, we could see Burakovsky get closer to those 30 goals that uh, – that we've never really seen him get to before. And uh, I think it's pretty bonkers to be talking about a guy who's 42% potentially touching 30 goals in a point per game. So, yeah, I, I like Burakovsky a lot here. The other player that we talked about a ton that it took forever for his own percentage to climb up, and it's still not even, like, crazy high, is Nico Heischer, and he just continues to dominate. Like, we, so, we talked so about Heischer, like, every single episode for, like, a month, and um, it, it gets to the point where it's like, okay, he's up above 50. We're going to stop talking about him, but he's still only 63% <laughs> and he cannot stop scoring goals. He's near a point per game in like his last 80 games. Like he's been insane. Nico has been an absolute freak. And I'm and, looking now, there's been two games all year where he hasn't had a point. Yeah. He's on the score he, sheet every single night. And, and he's, yeah. And he's, and he's only playing 4% in the last week. And he's, he's playing like 19, 20 minutes yeah. a night. Like we have to keep mentioning him because like there's really no reason for him not to be rostered other than the fact that he's a strict center, but like he's outperforming so many centers. Yeah. It's insane. On pace for 250 shots, just below about like 244, I believe. Uh, so that's a little crazy. Yeah. Let's put some respect on Nico's name. Realistic. Realistically, if you're in a league that's six teams or more, he should be on a roster, I'm thinking. In my uh, one league, which counts some kind of funky stats, but regardless, he uh, he ranks right now as the number 15 overall center, which is... It's really good. Impressive. That's rostered for, in all leagues. For a guy who... he's And he's the only player on that list that's under 90%. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely you know the potential that he flashed in that rookie year. Mm-hmm. He had 52 points in 82 games. That was the year Taylor Hall won the Hart Trophy Award. Um, so... There was, I think, a temptation those few years after where his development stalled a little bit to kind of look at it and say it was Hall kind of driving those numbers. But he had 180 shots in 82 games. So there's a lot of really encouraging things that we saw out of him as a 19-year-old. And then obviously that team got worse around him. Injuries have been a big struggle for him as well. So just really great to see him healthy uh, and really see that shot volume take a turn back in that right direction, up above three shots a game, like Beep said. So uh, yeah, just really great signs overall. They're leaning really, really heavily on that top six. They got like five or six forwards that are up around 19, 20 minutes a night. So um, I think there's going to continue to be plenty of opportunity as way. That team looks like they're going to be a lot better than a lot of people anticipated. So uh, you got to feel good about his prospects the rest of the season. I, I guess we should have been putting our money on Nico Heischer to win the heart, not Jack Hughes. Who would have thought that Heischer's going yeah. to be the guy to score 100 points this year? It's a long but he, he, he's honestly on point on pace at the moment for over 90, which is incredible. No, it's pretty crazy because it's not even like people could say, oh, we didn't see this coming. He had 43 points in his last 39 games last year. So uh, Heischer's been kind of yelling at us for... Yeah, we talked about him as one of the bit. guys that broke up and broke out in the second half of last season. And uh, he's carried it right into this year. But like you have to be... Very very excited as a Devils fan to have potentially two 90-point centers right now. And uh, and then you've got Jesper Brad on the wing just putting up points and bunches as well. So really, really bright future there in New Jersey. And um, they are certainly looking like they are the real deal right now. Jake Sanderson comes in next, uh, 38% on his own percentages is, uh, is skyrocketing right now. But if you're in need of defenseman help, uh, Jake Sanderson currently playing on this top power play unit in Ottawa. They're rolling uh, him and Thomas Shabbat out there together. It's crazy to think that Sanderson has been on the top power play unit more this season than Alex Debrinkat seems to have been. Um, but yeah, Sanderson's having a, had a really nice run. He picked up another apple tonight to give him four apples in his last six games. Um, overall, he has... Oh, excuse me. Pulling up stats here. 
He has uh, now seven assists in his last 12 games, which is really, really nice production, playing up 19 minutes a night. And uh, yeah, like if he's going to continue to roll in that top power play unit, there's a lot to like here. He was kind of, um, you know, one of those middle of the pack Norris trophy odds players coming into the season. Like he was up there towards the top. Like people were expecting big things out of him and bit of a slow start. But he's re- I say Calder? You no, said, you said Norris. Norris. Sorry, like, sorry, Calder. Oh, Calder. Okay. Calder. He was looking at me and I was like, You guys were looking at me funny. I'm like, what? I'm right right now. I was like, I must have missed something. Yeah. No, sorry. I was thinking that too. I was like, we had him we had him in the pack. <laughs> sorry, like, Calder. Yeah. Calder. Yes. yes, thank you for correcting me. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Not 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 near the top of the Norris uh trophy odds whatsoever. That would have been a terrible <laughs> bet. But uh Calder trophy and he's he's flashed really good things early on here. And if he's gonna continue to skate in that top power play unit, if you're a team that isn't in need of a fourth defenseman, he's a great, great pickup right now. Yeah, I, for me in redraft leagues, I, I think that's about as far as I would go. If you know, if you're in a, a twelve or, or deeper league, and there's really no other um, clear QB ones out there, I think Vince Dunn would be someone that I would opt to first before Sanderson, just because we talked about how we like Seattle, and he's going to continue to see those primo ops. Um, where Sanderson's going to be more of a splitting role. He's not seen a ton of minutes at five v five, but uh, keeper leagues like dynasty leagues, like just absolutely great signs, right? And someone that's a must own in any sort of you know long term format. Um, and we talked about for years now how, how difficult it is for rookie defensemen to come in and be productive out the gate. So for him to be flirting anywhere near around half a point per game just bodes really well for his production moving forward. Um, you know, you feel great about him kind of taking a step forward within the next couple of seasons. Um, we'll see how that blue line shakes out in terms of the, the roster mm-hmm. construction over the next few years. But yeah, it's all kind of, it's really positive. I, I'm not, like I said, too crazy about it in a redraft league. Still just 16 shots in the 12 games. So yes, it's nice. And yes, he's got a good choice, a good chance of picking up some power play assists. Um, but like I said, I, I, I wouldn't really make a spot for him on my roster if I need to find a defenseman and there's no other clear-cut number ones out there. Uh, then I'd go for it and redraft. But otherwise, uh, like we said, just looks like an absolute uh, gem to go after and make sure that you find a spot on your roster for in, in Dynasty and Keeper Leagues. Yeah. One thing that does bode well for his, his low shot totals is he has actually, in those last five games, put up 11 of those 16 shots. Uh, so he just straight up was not putting the puck anywhere near the net in his first seven games. Only five shots through those. So three shots in three of his last five games. Um, looks like he is getting a bit more confident. So, you know, like he said, if that if that trend can continue, maybe look to get him in redraft leagues a little bit more. Um, but uh, with with just the way D is, their defense is this year, it's such slim pickings after you get below that 40%. Um, so realistically, I, I just think, uh, it, you know, if you want to go for the upside over, over maybe another guy who can give you 40 points per year, Go for Sanderson, but um, yeah, like D said, you know, you're, you're only going to get 21 minutes a night out of him um, for now. But yeah, he is—he's uh, trending upwards in the right direction, and something that I—I'll I, admit, I kind of gave up on him after the first couple games this year, I, which is pretty silly. Yeah, I'm just not gave up, up, just gave up on re- this this rookie top five no, pick after just three games. In re- <laughs> sorry, in redraft leagues, I gave up on him because it, it just seemed like a—I uh, mean, it kind of did the same thing with Owen Power. It just seemed like you know, there's a clear cut number one general there, and and on the on the blue line and on the power play, and uh, when that happens, I don't really want the people behind them, and uh, he's proven us wrong, and he's uh, stepping in, so yeah, it's good to see. It's worth mentioning, like obviously he was a top five pick in 2020, yes. going fifth overall, and he had over a point per game on the blue line at the University of North Dakota, playing so, with Jack Hughes. Yeah, uh, well, really not at North Dakota, but sorry, on that U.S. development team. Yeah. Back. Yeah, I mean, like realistically, depending on whether you're all three or four defensemen, um, starting defensemen in your league, you're really going to only, there's only going to be about 10 to 15 second defensemen that are going to be worth holding on to in redraft leagues, right? The defensemen that aren't the number one option on their teams. Uh, And I I think he's definitely amongst the better options 
for those. But for me, like you're always just kind of better off going after a guy that's going to be out there 24 plus minutes a night and, and consistently seeing those, uh, right opportunities, not just on the power play, but at even strength as well with the big boys. So, uh, really great young player and he looks awesome. Um, but like I said, I would just look for it. There's not a whole lot of options. Like you said, yeah, though, like Vince are. Dunn is the one that jumps out to me. Yeah. It's like, he's going to be getting all those opportunities. Um, and I'd go him, maybe Addison kind of seems like his power play roles cleared out a little bit like, clearer yeah, and he's lately. 18% owned. So I think I, I don't know. How do you feel Addison versus Anderson at this point? Yeah, I think that they're all pretty much in the same boat. Um, I, I really don't have a clear cut favorite. Um, between the two because nobody, neither one of them is really shooting the puck very much right now. Um, Sanderson's probably got a little bit more of a secure 5v5 role, and Addison probably has a more secure power play role. So they're pretty similar. Like, neither one of them shoots the puck a ton. I think the one guy that's pretty interesting to mention, and it's going to be very short-term, and it might not even work by the time this episode comes out if John Carlson ends up playing, but Eric Gustafson needs to be looked at as well with um, John Carlson and... Dmitry Orlov out. He's been playing 25 minutes a night. Um, <laughs> Ew. And he's on the top power play unit. I mean, this is a guy who struck gold how many years ago? Five years ago and had like 65 points. But he's a good power play defenseman. He's a good quarterback. He yeah. doesn't shoot the puck as much as he was that one year, but he's still picking up points. He's still on a power play unit with, um, you know, Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, Brandy from when Colleton and- came in in December that year, they had the best power play in the league for the rest of the season, and he was the quarterback of it. So you give him some weapons, and he can definitely put up some power play points. 60 is- points in 2019. Yeah. 17 I think, goals. I think four of his six current points are all off the power play, so yeah, he's feed. Yeah, well, he had three assists in one game, too. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, almost half his career points came in that one season. It's incredible, <laughs> isn't it? But yeah, anyways, if, if John Carlson is going to remain out throughout the weekend, which it's not 100% clear that he's going to, but... Gustafson, if you need some help, they, again, they, they only play, you know, they play Friday, Sunday this weekend. So um, you'll definitely be able to get him in your lineup if you need some help on the blue line. Gustafson at 3% owned, also worth a shout out. Jeff Skinner, um, another guy that we talked about a couple weeks ago. He was he was one of my streaming targets. I think at the time he was around 25% owned. He's up to 37%. That Sabres um, top six had kind of been getting shaken up. Um, you know, for one game, he was off Tage Thompson's line, immediately found himself back on Tage Thompson's line tonight. Coming into Thursday's game, he had three goals, 11 points in 13 games, 37 shots on goal. Really good shot volume is what you've, you know, been able to to expect out of Jeff Skinner for years now. Shooting just 8.1%, so you could expect some more goals moving forward. But, um, you know, 16, 17, you know, occasionally 18 minutes a night. Playing on Tage Thompson's wing, and uh, Thompson looks like an absolute beast again this year. So Skinner looks really, really solid. Um, you know, he's probably not somebody who's gonna, um, you know, win you a week by himself, but he's gonna be a really, really reliable source of, of assists, and then he'll pitch in the occasional goal as well. Yeah, bottom of the roster guy, right? Like someone that, depending on the strength of your team, I, I think someone that's worth holding on to um, over the course of the season because just because you said that shot volume so consistent. Um, that those goals are, are going to come. And if he continues to see those minutes and hopefully continues to play with Tage, uh, the assist should be steady enough as well. So I, I feel good about him uh, replicating what he did last year uh, if he continues to see those minutes. He had 33 goals, 30 assists, 63 points in 80 games. So like you said, it's not going to win you your league, might not win you many weeks. Yeah. Um, but it's someone that, you know, unless you're got, you know, an absolutely loaded team, more than likely or not, you, you can find a spot on your roster for him. Yeah. And, uh, Realistically, he already won you a week last week. Um, yeah, was good- he, he was last week's uh, Dylan Strom for, for Brock. He, he mentioned before the week started, and uh, I believe he had a three-point night right off the bat. Yeah, so, those uh, streaming options are hitting so, right away. Yeah, so there's Jeff. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I got, him in, I got him in two leagues right now, including a team that's 
casually flex at 4-0. So I think he deserves to be on that roster while he's kind of hot like this. Um, and granted, I did have him last week, so I'm a little bit, a little bit, you know, more attracted to him in that in that way on my roster. But I, I think just the seven shots on goal from his game against Tampa kind of just goes to show, you know, how much Skinner can stand out from another just guy off the waiver wire. He has that ability, and you know, I don't not to 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 go back at it, but playing alongside Tage Thompson right now is realistically where you want to be on any lineup. So yeah, Tage Thompson, another goal tonight on five shots. Skinner held pointless thus far, but. Um, if Tage Thompson's going to just continue to score goals, you know that Skinner's going to be right there. And, like, it's crazy how good Skinner was, right? Like, he was, you know, such a reliable 30-30. dollars good. Yeah, 30-30 player for, for years. So, like, you know, he's he's still only 30 years old, which is crazy to say. But, um, you know, he, he could still put up big point totals. Kevin Hayes, 22% owned. Kevin Hayes has had such a quiet, awesome so start because, like, that team just – somehow winning hockey games and like everybody looks and it's like yeah like they're literally only winning because of carter hart but kevin hayes has had a lot to do with it no sean couturier this man's out there playing 19 minutes a night he's got two goals 10 assists 12 points in 12 games and he's shooting just 6.9 percent so the goal total could actually go up but like it, it it's hard to ignore the start that he's had and the fact that he's a plus one on a team that's supposed to be just horrendous is is also pretty impressive the concern here, obviously, is the 15.7 on a shooting percentage, but Kevin Hayes right now is off to a really, really nice start, and um, to me, is a guy that you can rely on, like kind of like Couturier. The Couturier was never going to put up these outrageous point totals for you, but he's going to put up consistent point totals because he's going to be out there playing 20, 22 minutes a night, and that's what we're seeing on occasion from Kevin Hayes, and to be completely honest, like his, his wingers aren't too bad, um, you know. At least he's going out there and he's playing with Travis Konechny every single night. It could be a lot worse. And that team, obviously, I think is 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 going to struggle to win hockey games most time, most nights. But they're going to be in the fight, without a doubt. This is a classic case of someone has to get points, someone yeah. has to score goals, and that's Kevin Hayes. You're not going to find too many point-per-game players um, available in 78% of leagues who also play 19 minutes a night. People must just see the Philadelphia Flyers logo. And like, yeah, nah. Nope. And then the strict center eligibility, and they're like, no, I need a winger. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, like Brock said, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's only shooting 6.9%. He's 11.9% career shooter and that's across 565 career games. So he's had a little bit of a, of a, a long amount of time to establish that almost 12% shooting percentage. Uh, there's actually no player under 20 or no center under 25%. Uh, well, sorry, there's two centers under 25% that shoot more than Kevin Hayes. So if you're looking at really, Who are they? uh, Boone Jenner. I believe I believe Boone might be one. It's got to be. And uh, I couldn't tell you the other one. I believe the other one has like no goals too. It, it, it's it's quite crazy. I'll look into it. Um, but either way, I mean, you're getting he's filling all stats for you. Um, it doesn't matter what league you play in. So I think he makes a great a great fill in on those weeks when maybe Philly plays on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, for now, they're Thursday, Saturday, or Thursday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday schedule, I believe. Um, so you can still maybe get them in this weekend, but, uh, but I, I do think that there's a lot of people who are holding on to players who are going to have much worse seasons than Kevin Hayes. So he should get some love out there. Yeah. I, I think to me, he's more of a streaming option just cause I, I do think he's been really fortunate with the assists. He's only managed better than an assist every other game once in his career. So, um, yeah, like to me, he's always just been more of like, he could potentially pop 20, 25 goals in. Uh, nice big power forward, a big addition, a nice addition to your lineup, but it doesn't tend to uh, drive offensive production. He's always been more of a passenger on his line. So 
yeah, I think, like you said, he's getting all the minutes. He's playing in all the right situations right now. So on a given night, if you have the spot on your roster, you have the spot in your lineup. Like, yeah, he's one that I would look to get in there. But he's also a guy that I yeah, would not the first guy hesitate to drop. To. Yeah, just because, like I said, I think he's just running a bit hot right now. Yeah, he should be scoring a little bit more. But we're talking like probably two more goals to this point, right? So um, the assist is, is just the big thing for me. It's It's just there's no way that he is able, just based off his track record, he's 30 years old, it would be a huge shock if he's all of a sudden one of the premier playmakers in the league, right? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Wait, we don't think Kevin that, Hayes. we don't think Kevin Hayes can have 80 assists? Uh, I don't think so, no. cool So, But yeah, I totally agree that, like yeah. I said, any given night where you can fit him into your lineup, in your roster without sacrificing some uh, actual product, for sure, I'm all for it. But uh, like Beep said, yeah, he's the first guy I would look to to cut if I needed a spot. Right around the same own percentage. Uh, just want to bring his name up again because we talked about him on Monday. Is Kirby Doc added another two goals last night. Four shots, played 17 minutes. He's up to 12 points, four goals, eight assists, and 14 games so far this season. He's just 28% owned, and he's got right wing eligibility now as well. So center right wing. Uh, Kirby Doc looks really good on that top line with uh, Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. I'd rather have Doc personally. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Kevin Hayes, I was going to say, he's just kind of playing inspired hockey right now. He had 31 points in 48 games last year after coming back from injury. Just kind of seems like he's healthy. So uh, just good to see. But yeah, I think D made it perfect there. He can fill the roster spot. But when you got to let someone go, bye-bye, Kevin. Bye-bye, Kevin. <laughs> um, Boone Jenner as well is up near that same uh, ownership, 31% owned. And, uh, and he's been really good. He's centering that top line with... Johnny Gaudreau, Patrick Laine. I believe he picked up at least a goal tonight. He's been, um, you know, playing very well. He's getting the puck on net um, with regularity. He's got, yeah, one goal so far this evening, um, assisted by Gaudreau and Patrick Laine. And that's going to be a line that's going to, you know, be there every single night producing offense. So, so far this year, coming into tonight, he has had six points in 12 games, but it's been a slow start for them. Obviously, Liney's injury as well. So, Jenner at 31%. He's somebody I, I drafted in one of my leagues, and I've held on to him a little bit through this, this sluggish start. But, I mean, he's got over 40 shots on goal already. He looks really, really stoked in that role. And then just, again, another guy we talked about on Monday, just quickly to bring him back up, is Andrew Kopp, just 21%. It took him some time to get things going, but he's starting to uh, to figure things out as well. He's picked up uh, points and I believe, five straight games coming into tonight, a goal and three assists in his last five. So he's starting to pick things up, playing up near 20, 19, 20 minutes a night, playing with Kubelik, playing with Perron. So he's starting to, to figure things out after missing the entire preseason as well. So a big a boatload of, of centers in and around that 20% owned rank. Yeah, I like I like Boone a lot. Um, he's someone that I think could really return some uh, real long-term value this year. Uh, I think he's been, and that line has been incredibly snake bitten. Like he's shooting 4.8% himself on ice shooting percentage of 6.6%. So for him to have six points in 12 games, for me, that's pretty encouraging because this is a, a line uh, with a whole lot of talent on it, especially now that line is healthy, um, that is creating a ton of chances, getting a ton of shots and have had uh, some pretty brutal puck luck. And he's still, you know, at half a point per game, which obviously nothing to write home about, but that's kind of been the baseline for his career. And we're expecting better things from him this year. So everything looks great from an underlying perspective. The shot volume is absolutely through the roof. Uh, I don't expect him to light the world on fire and, you know, light the lamps of the NHL on fire, but uh, certainly, you know, he's shooting, he's a 10% career shooter. So if he can get uh, up around 250 shots for the season, which, you know, he's on pace to fly by that, then you feel really good about him getting somewhere near 25 goals this year. So, uh, yeah, just a really, what should be, a, like I said, if you have the room on your roster, uh, this is a guy I would try to make more of a long-term spot for, but even just on a given night, like you, you, 
you usually can't find opportunity like this on the wire. The guy's playing 20 minutes at night. He's shooting over three times a game, and he's the playing shot with, is insane. And he's playing with Patrick Liney and Johnny Gaudreau. So, um, yeah, just a lot of good, lots of good things going for him. The one thing that isn't is puck luck, and uh, we do know that that tends to fluctuate a bit over the course of a season. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of just going through the uh, going through the regression that we saw from last season, shooting 14 percent you know, 4% points higher than his career average. And then it's all kind of just cratered back just immediately for him. But he did score 23 and 59 last year. I mean, that is a, a 32 goal pace. So um, once that, you know, shooting percentage bounces back, and especially playing with a, a playmaker like Gaudreau, like you'd expect that this guy should fill the net with, with regularity. Uh, speaking of filling the net with regularity, Brandon Hagel has been on fire mm. on the Tampa Bay top line. We've talked about him a little bit as well. And it's just crazy to me. Like typically you see like this guy who's playing with, with point and Kucher off and people are like flocking to the waiver wire to pick them up. He's only 28% owned and he, uh, it's actually up to 33 now. So it's oh, gone so up 5% since, since this morning. Wow. This, yeah. Well, it makes sense. He has 11 points, five goals, six assists in his last eight games. And you know why his own percentages shot up? It's because he was also moved to the top power play unit in Thursday's practice the Lightning looking to find a spark on the power play, and they have Braden Point, Kucherov, Stamkos obviously there, but now they've got Brandon Hagel and Mikhail Sergachev, not Victor Hedman, on the top power play unit. So um, that definitely bodes well for Hagel moving forward. He's playing big minutes on that top line, up around 17, 18, 19 minutes a night with Kucherov and Point, and then now on that top power play unit. He could have huge numbers. And just remember, before he was traded to Tampa, this man had 21 goals in 55 games for the Chicago Blackhawks. Was shooting 20%, 22%. Now he's shooting 20% in Tampa. Obviously some good fortune, but in this role, he could continue to fill the back of the net. And then the assists are, are obviously going to be there as well. Yeah, I think this is going to turn out to be one of the kind of steals of the season because it's someone when he's playing this position, you cannot afford to have him not on your roster. Um, he's brought his shooting totals right up. We saw him get five shots the other night against Buffalo in a three-point game where he also had 19-11 time on ice. This guy's playing superstar minutes, putting up superstar shot totals, and he's still only 33% owned, um, and as you mentioned, under 30 before the day started. Um this is someone you're going to have to race the wire for, for sure. And while he's in this position, we love him. Um, Tampa's kind of not as deep as they used to be. Andres Palat's obviously not there anymore. Someone has to fill that role, and Hagel's doing an absolutely phenomenal job doing it. And we're watching... He's doing a better job than Palat did. He realistically is, yeah, absolutely. And we're watching uh, we're watching their head coach just give him basically what he deserves. Every game that he proves he can fill that role, he gets, he gets more minutes. So we're watching it steadily increase, and... Uh, He's showing all signs of, of things to like from uh, someone you can get in 67% of leagues. Yeah, I for me, he's super hard to project, right? Because like you look at yeah. his numbers, and he, there's obviously been a lot of good fortune there, right? You talked about it. He's shooting 20%. He's really not shooting the puck that much, right? 24 shots in 13 games. He's less than two shots a game. He is seeing a lot of minutes, 17 and a half minutes. So, uh hope you know expect that to go up a little bit but it's you know that's more of those minutes being reallocated than anything he has been up up around 19 minutes since making the switch so a little bit of growth there still he's had some good shot volume games since then yeah uh, his shooting, shot volume's definitely up a little bit since kind of he had one five shot runner. game yeah and then he had a two shot game and a one yeah, shot he, game so yeah. over two shots a game at, at the very least where before he was under two shots so it's it's at least coming around a little bit but yeah, yeah it's but inflated by that one game yeah like I said, for sure which he had a really good game on ice shooting percentage is 16%. So there's a lot of red flags here, but he's moving up to the top line. 
So I really don't know how it's going to play out. He's a young player. There's obviously was some, uh, a lot of, uh, trade capital that went into acquiring him as well. So mm-hmm. the front office is going to want to see him get these minutes. So yeah, I have no idea how he's going to play out to be honest. All I know is you don't want to sit back and, and, and watch wait. him yeah. play the full season with Kucherov and Stamkos. Cause we've seen, it really doesn't matter who it is. Anyone who gets locked into that position, Nemestikov, Palat, Tyler Johnson, Kalorn. um, yeah, Kalorn, even JT Miller before he really became JT Miller, right? All these guys uh, became fantasy relevant the moment they were playing with Stamkos and Kucherov. At this point, point in Kucherov, really, what's the difference? Um, so, yeah, he's, like I said, I don't, I don't know how to project Brandon Hagel. He's a real enigma to me, but he's someone that you just need um, to find a spot for on your roster if he is there. Because, like I said, you're not going to want to sit back and, and say, well, you know, I don't know for sure if he's going to be able to keep this up, so I'm not going to pick him up because there's obviously just um, – an unlimited amount of upside and it's just a real unknown. So it could swing either way, but definitely whenever there's someone with this kind of opportunity, this sort of upside, you got to make room. We kind of threw some shade at Pilat there for a second, but I think that Pilat is kind of the baseline for Hagel and Pilat for three seasons from 2020 to 2022, while he was with that top line, he did average 55 points per 82 game. So Solid production, solid bottom of the roster production. Um, the issue with Pilat is he never really saw that power play time. So now Hagel is. Who knows how long it's going to last? But yeah, he, he was at least on the second power play unit, like Pilat. Similar was. shot volume yeah, like, too, though, right? It's, so it's, it's similar. It's a very easy comparison, I yeah. think, to make. And I think that that fifty-five <laughs> points is kind of the, the the baseline of what you could probably expect. And then if it ends up being, if he ends up being a little bit more offensive, you know, maybe pushes to sixty-five. But nothing like he's not going to go a point per game, right? Right. Well, I mean, you probably not, right? Probably not. But maybe it's it's more like a JT Miller thing. There's some untapped potential, and Miller was closer to a point per game in mm-hmm. his time with, with the Lightning, right? So it's, like I said, it's a very tough one to unravel, but all, all you know is that there's a lot of potential upside there, uh, and it's not one that you're going to want to miss out on if, if all comes to fruition. Yeah, those are the ones that you want, like Boone Jenner and... Brandon Hagel are two guys playing with elite, elite players that you don't want to be late on. You yeah. want to make sure they're on your roster. And if they crumble, whatever, you, you drop them. But there's huge potential for them to be, you know, fantasy game changers for yeah, you. For sure. Um, Evan Rodriguez also is in a very, very nice spot. He's somebody that's come up on this pod quite a bit. And he's been a really nice fit. In, well, he's basically just been a good fit wherever he goes. He's just a good hockey player. He's like that a nice kind of guy. He's always smiling. In yeah. Pictures. He just got a bad. <laughs> he just got a bad ref there in, in Buffalo for a little bit, and then just was like, I'm actually good if I could yeah, just that, get out of Buffalo. That Buffalo got, stank yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Who hasn't got a bad ref? In and now he plays either. 27 minutes a night for the Avalanche. Isn't that insane, dude? Yeah. In his last seven games, he's got six <laughs> points, four goals, two assists, averaging 19-24. Maybe a little bit inflated by the fact that he played 21, then 27, then 23 minutes in uh, three consecutive games. He probably would have sniffed 20 minutes again if they didn't absolutely... De- dominate the blue jackets in that in that second game in finland but yeah really really good numbers the thing that sticks out the most here is that you've we, we have a little bit more clarity on valerie nachushkin who's going to be out uh long term at least a month hate to see it and uh rodriguez is going to settle in now it looks like as the second line center right now he's with new hook and martin kout but the real bonus is he is kind of locked in now to that top power play unit role so you've got Lekkinen, Rodriguez with Rantanen, McKinnon and McCarr so this should really help boost Rodriguez's value and you know anybody that's been on that top power play unit has put together some some good seasons and he's sitting there at nine percent owned right now so there's a lot to like and Beebs as you noted here the avalanche power play currently clicking at 38 percent baby 
quite good. More, yeah. So it every third time that the other team's taking a penalty, they're going out and scoring, and uh, that bodes well for Evan Rodriguez. Also, one thing um, that's great for him with all these minutes coming, um, Colorado loves to to to, sh- to scramble that lineup up. Um, we could easily see this guy back on the top line by next game. If not, he plays on the second line, and realistically, obviously not the greatest line, but you're still playing top six minutes for Colorado. He's still going to be on the ice full kill. McCarr's out there just absolutely moving Is that good? traffic. I don't know. I, I've heard it's all right. But, um, yeah, I, I think at 10%, it's kind of laughable. Anyone who's touching that power play for longer than 30 seconds should be above 10%. That's also my bias. But, um, but no, he's a guy who likes to shoot, um, as we've seen by him kind of bringing his shot totals up to closer to two uh, two per game since he's he's kind of had this this rise in ice time and uh, as a left wing right wing eligible player he's uh, he could fit into a lot, of, a lot of lineups also as someone who ha- who owns just a heavy amount of Avalanche players across all my leagues why is that we are pat well because they're awesome we are past the hard stretch uh, Colorado went to Finland so you got two games last week from them and then they came home so you're getting I believe two or three this week that means that there's gonna be a lot of four five game weeks up ahead um so colorado's not gonna be that team that's sitting heavy and if rodriguez starts to click on that top power play we've already seen him have success on that top line if they move him back up there um you could be missing out on almost valerie nishushkin like success um maybe not what he started the season with but kind of what we saw last year at the end of the year from nishushkin so um so yeah because at first i was like maybe i should justify he can't do seven goals in seven games like nishushkin but just to uh further your point there the avalanche have three games next week four games the week after three games the week after that and four games the following week so um nishushkin expected to be out four to six weeks if he misses that four weeks um you know you're going to get four eight 14 games out of uh, Evan Rodriguez in the Isn't next four weeks. Isn't ankle surgery, like, doesn't four weeks sound pretty quick for ankle surgery? Like, well, I it's know, probably no not like, a, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that his ankle isn't being completely <laughs> reconstructed. <laughs> it's probably just a, a fairly minor procedure, but yeah. yeah. Um, just thought it sounded short. He's also, like, like, just a monster. A specimen. Yeah. His ankle's already been repairing itself, so. <laughs> He's a robot. Uh, yeah, agree. He's a robot. Um <laughs> We're talking about I also years, agree that I think the point that Beebs was hinting to, but couldn't quite bring himself to say it, is that Colorado 2 isn't what it used to be. No, I didn't want to say it. Don't let um, me say it. As much to do with the inevitable turnover that comes with building a, a championship roster as it is to do with how hurt they are right now. So that that is one thing that should get better, but maybe his ice time falls back to earth as they do get healthier. Who knows? But I agree. Like Just 10% on to find this kind of opportunity way too good to be true. And like his shot volume last year is better than what he's flashed so far in Colorado. So uh, you would kind of expect that to improve as well, especially if those minutes are going to keep staying the same and hopefully the minutes do keep up. Cause he's going to need as many five v five minutes as he can get. If, <laughs> if he's not playing with the big boys, but obviously the power play is what's going to be huge for him. It's what's keeping really that team uh, afloat right now as they kind of get through all these health injuries, right? It's been rough. Yeah. It doesn't matter how hurt your team is. As long as you can get your, you know, three or four best guys on the power play, it should still be able to bang. So, uh, yeah, I agree. He's a really, really great target right now. Um, hopefully he can move up to the top line or maybe they look to balance it out a little bit more and it would improve his upside, but either way he's, he's a great target to go after. Just, just to further uh, the conversation about Colorado two here for a second, they haven't been too, too bad. Realistically Uh, averaging 2.7 expected goals, four per 60, 30 scoring chances, four per 60, um, 12 high danger chances, but the on ice shooting percentage is just 5.7. So 
a little I, bit that's of and like you don't know if it's going to improve right yeah, like like there's just not a lot of high end talent on that on that level our offensive what you would call off lead offensive skill right yeah no, i think it would be a little bit more concerning if like they weren't producing any chances like yeah. at least they you know new hook's not a bad hockey player he's still you know yeah. he should be he's a high upside out. player but um, so there is signs that it could get better if this ends up being kind of what it is. And this is his baseline. He's still been solid, but, um, there is reason to think that it, it could get a little bit better. Um, all right. Get center eligibility too. in the yeah. next one or two games that you'd, you'd think. Yeah, most likely depending um, on your league. Dylan Strom, we, again, somebody we talked about at the start of the week, somebody that we're going to talk about, um, on the weekend streamers as well. But, um, he's just been on fire. Two goals, one assist to start the week, uh, had, no points in the next game, but he's on that second line. He's on that top power play unit, 12 points in 15 games so far this season. Four goals, eight assists. He's playing, you know, 18 minutes a night. He's kind of been on the first line. He's been on the second line, but he's always been on the top power play unit. Um, he has five power play assists and two power play goals to give him seven power play points, which is among the best in the entire NHL uh, at the moment. Just to let you guys know, breaking news before we fire it to the Blue Stones really quickly. Tage Thompson, another Geno. <laughs> Assisted by Jeff Skinner. Also, Jack Eichel scored in his return to Buffalo. Yeah, Svechnikov just got a hat trick too. So yeah, and the Red Wings have given up six third period goals. I'm pretty sure <laughs> the, the Red Wings were like two two, and I just looked, and they're down eight two to the Rangers out of just nowhere. <laughs> it's back. We're back to Red Wing hockey. Yeah, six third period goals. Is that on so? Yeah. Well, Ooh. I'm assuming he's out of the crease oh, by now. Six <laughs> third period goals so far. Yeah. yeah, it's not even over yet. Um, also, the Jack Campbell. Huso uh, has actually been in net for all oh, eight goals, seven fifty-eight oh, goals against average. He's oh, human. He's back. But anyways, we're gonna fire over to the Blue Stones for sixty seconds. When we get back, we're gonna talk about the goaltending crease a little bit, break things down a little bit there before we get to these weekend streamers. There's been some injuries between the pipes, and there's also just got to be a lot of owners out there that are just searching for what there's you know, what they can do to resurrect their goaltending categories because there are some guys that went off the board very, very early that are not having a good time right now. So we'll enjoy the Blue Stones for the next 60 seconds. When we get back, we'll talk about the goaltenders. We'll talk about weekend streamers. See you back here in six. Baby, be my fire. Baby, be my flame. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome back to season 8 episode 18 of the DFO podcast, a very Mickey Reno edition of the DFO podcast. Nice. Hope you guys enjoyed those sweet licks from the Blue Stones. I know Beebs did last Thursday. Yeah. Um, but we're going to get right on moving now. We got just uh, a few waiver wire targets left to talk about. Like Brock said, we're going to look at the crease now, uh, look at a few goalies here that might be worth looking at. Um, certainly a lot of goalies, like you said, Brock, that have been uh, underperforming to a pretty drastic level so far this year. So we're trying to give you guys some solutions uh, and maybe some guys to keep an eye on if some of these trends should continue. So, Brock, where do you want to go first? Well, I just first want to go through the ADPs here of guys that are just off to horrible starts. Um, number five goalie off the board, UC Soros. Um, then now you've got Freddie Anderson, who is 54 ADP, who's injured. Thatcher Demko, 57 ADP, playing horribly. Jack Campbell, 75 ADP, um, was was playing terribly, had one good game, and then got shelled by the Hurricanes again tonight. Jeremy Swayman out long-term, 75 ADP. So you're looking at a lot of guys here. Samson off, 116, out. I mean, there's a lot of goalies that were drafted early that are not living up to expectations. So we just want to kind of, if you are dealing with these these woes, whether it's you know poor performance or whether it's uh, injury, who you can go to on the wire here to try to kind of remedy some of these these issues at the moment. And um, the first guy we're going to talk about is, is Spencer Martin, because if you're a Demco owner, I think that you, you're you going to basically have to at least think about handcuffing um, Demco with Spencer Martin because he's outplayed him pretty drastically to this point. Um, I mean, that's really not saying much considering Martin has a 900 save percentage and a 3.45 goals against average, but he hasn't, uh, he's gone three Oh and one, and he seems like it's going to be a, a guy that's going to get a lot more starts moving forward with Demko struggling. And Martin filled in pretty admirably last year in six games, had a 174 goals against average 950 save percentage. So this is a team that really needs to get something going here soon because they are, their, their season is quickly getting away from them. But, um, Martin is at least going to be a half decent option to to help you kind of um, keep things moving here while Demko tries to figure it out. That um, the Canucks do rank in the middle of the pack in expected goals against in all situations, so they're not horrible defensively, but they're certainly not very good either. Um, and then if if you're a UC Soros owner, I mean you have to at least consider Kevin Lankinen at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lankinen is, is you know started again tonight. 
he, he's looked pretty solid so far. 191 goals against average, 940 save percentage. They trust him enough now for him to be getting the start against the uh, Colorado Avalanche this evening. I mean, it, it, it's basically just a mercy start, right? Like, they're like, we can't go back to UC. Like, he got three goals and six shots the other night. So, uh, Lankinen's performed really, really well. He gave up a power play goal in the first period to the Avalanche. Shocker. But he's he's hung in there pretty nicely so far in the first period, which is where we're currently at in this game. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's stopped 18 of 19 shots so far in the first. So another strong performance. And Lankinen's a guy that could see a lot more starts. I'm a little bit... Like, I, I think, like, I have a little bit more faith in Soros figuring it out than I do Demko. Um, and I, I think that they'll be a little bit more reluctant to give Lankinen, like... Um, a lot of starts in comparison to Saros, but I mean, if Saros continues to play this bad, it's gonna be it's gonna be ugly. Where, where Spencer Martin, I think, has a better chance of almost taking over the role, really. Yeah, no, it, like I, I, you know what I mean. Like I just don't think Lankinen's gonna start sixty percent of the game. I just, like, just like I just don't think Spencer Martin's that good. Whereas, and Lankinen may not be either, but he's at least like, and again, small sample size, but he has drastically outperformed Saros to this point. Whereas, like. Martin's got a 900 save percentage at three and a half goals against. Like that's marginally better than Demko, still below league average. <laughs> yeah, crazy uh, and I think good. they will they'll give Demko a lot of run to figure it out because it's not just about this season for them with Demko. Like he's supposed to be the answer moving forward, um, and he's I think one piece that they thought they had solidified in this for rebuild. Sure. Um, so yeah, I don't think they look at Spencer Martin as the answer. So I think uh, it's pretty similar on both ends, but at least in Lankin's case, like I said, he's drastically outplayed Saros at this point this season. Uh, so he has that going in his favor. Uh, this is the first real kind of, not change in the tie, but it's, I mean, he came in for Saros the other night, uh, played well, didn't give up a goal in relief. Um, Start, had, started a game the other night had, too, out of nowhere yeah, too. exactly. And then had a night off in between and they go back to him, right? They got, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, a back-to-back. I think we're talking about them. Yeah, they got a back-to-back coming yep. up this weekend as well. So yeah, he'll for sure for get sure. another start. Um, and yeah, just another opportunity for him to... to they keep, actually do not have a back-to-back. Oh, so sorry. So, but, uh, yeah, that's right. He's, they're playing on front. But anyway, um, so, yeah, may or may not get another start this weekend, and that'll be really interesting to watch, see how it all plays out, especially if he gives them a good effort tonight against Colorado. Like 18 of 19 in the first period. I mean, he's off to a really nice start. 19 shots in the first period. They gotta start first period giving, wasn't even over yet. They got to yeah. start giving their goaltenders some help. I mean, obviously, Saros isn't helping much, but, yeah. They are sixth worst in the NHL in expected goals against for <sighs> 60. Um, another name that's, that's worth considering, it's crazy to even say this. I mean, honestly, I, I've always said that I think he's a pretty good goalie. This team's just absolutely terrible, but Carl Vamelka has yeah. performed exceptionally well, and he's done this a lot, right? We've seen him steal crazy games. I mean, last year, what was it, a 47 or 46 save shutout against the Leafs? Like, he puts together ridiculous performances against really good teams, and, and honestly, like, the Coyotes have been hanging in there this year. They really have. The issue here is they rank second worst in the NHL in expected goals against per 60, so they are not a very good defensive team, but they're hanging in there. And Vimelka can at least, like, even on nights where he loses, he might put together a pretty solid save percentage for you. Like, he's going to face 43 shots. If he only gives up three, he's going to put together some, some numbers there. So I, I think that Vimelka, you know, is more of a target if you're in a league where you're, like, a points league where you're getting points for saves mm-hmm. because. Like I said, even if he gives up four, he's going to face so much rubber on a night. He's still probably going to finish with, with plus points as opposed to just getting shelled. Like, he gave up six goals in the season opener this year, but he faced 53 shots. He still probably finished with a positive, um, you know, point night there. So, Vomelka is, I think, somebody that is is interesting moving forward. 
No, he's definitely someone, like you mentioned, he's going to face a lot of rubber. Uh, they currently face the second most amount of shots of any team. And if I were to guess, I'd say Anaheim's got to be first there because it seems like Gibson's facing 40-plus every night. But kind of hilarious. Um, Coyote's offense currently ranks 32nd in the league in shots on goal with 23.4 a game. But they also rank first in the league in shooting percentage. So it kind of evens out. Um, but one has to give, um, which unfortunately might hurt Vimelka. But... Um, like you said, you know, it is, it is someone who can really drastically sway save percentage. Say if you're in a position when it gets late in the week and, and you know, you got nothing to lose and you don't care, but you're already losing goals against, you're already losing save percentage and you want to get a guy in there. He can, he is someone who can actually steal games and bring those categories up a lot or worst case he crushes you. And, uh, and in that case, I'll, I'll say, yeah, what'd you expect? You picked up Vimelka. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, he's definitely an interesting player. I think he becomes even more interesting in leagues as the weeks get later or as the week carries on. And, uh, and if you are like me, where you head in the weekend a lot, looking to improve your goalie stats. So, yeah, I think in points leagues too, like he yeah. could be a really useful yeah. piece. So uh, I was saying, like he's going to be, so he's going to be a workhorse. He's going to face a ton of shots against, and there's just less risk there, right? He's, You'd have to have a you have to have a pretty bad start normally in points leagues to return a negative point value from your goalie. So it's not the same risk that he would carry in a category or a roto league where you're risking those damage to your uh, your splits, right? Your goals against or your save percentage. So yeah, I agree. Like he's just flashed a lot of potential. It seems like he's really becoming a workhorse, um, and just seems like a pretty talented goaltender. So if that team could even just play a little bit better or even kind of maintain some of the improvements that they've showed to this point. Um, he could end up being a, a useful fantasy goalie. But yeah, especially in the right format, like I said, points leagues for sure. I think he could be a diamond in the rough. To give you an idea, I'm in a points league where you get points for saves and, and negative points for goals against. 14th yeah. overall in terms of goaltenders right now. Like he's been really good and he's still on free agency. Yeah, and I think that'll continue because he's going to, he should, as long as he's healthy, start a ton of games for them. I think he's clearly their best option goal. And yes, by a mile. Showed even down the stretch last year that uh, he could be relied on. I mean, he played 52 games last season. So I would expect him to surpass that this year. And yeah, going to continue to play a lot, going to continue to face a lot of shots. So points league uh, gem for sure. Perfect time to be talking about Carl Vimelka. There's five minutes left in the third period against the Islanders tonight. The Coyotes are leading one nothing. Carl Vimelka has pitched a... 21 save shutout to this point Love in the to see evening. It. In so, my starting lineup, too. There you go. Oh, you got him rolling tonight. There yeah. you, he's going to save your season, isn't Absolutely. he? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Some of the other goalies, uh, you know, James Reimer continues to play pretty well for the um, San Jose Sharks. Jake Allen continues to play pretty well, especially when he plays against the Detroit Red Wings and the Montreal Canadiens. Those two guys are around 35, 37% owned. Um, both of them, to me, are, are, are very solid options if you need help. Like, Reimer just seems so much better than Capo Kakinen at this point. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy because, you know, one was supposed to be the potential guy. One was supposed to be just a spot filler. And, you know, James doing what James does. James plays well. Yeah. Um, uh, Frank Saravalli released a a post this week about, like, who the Maple Leafs could target if they need help between the pipes. And James Reimer was on that list. I'm like, that would be the funniest return (laughs) of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Casey DeSmith, maybe another one worth mentioning here. Yeah, Picked up his first win the other day. Um, Tristan Jari has, has been far from spectacular. DeSmith has been a guy that's been very reliable throughout They've the years. Rotated starts the last eight games. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been... Uh, I, I think the same thing can be said about Stuart Skinner. Uh, a little bit of a disappointing performance his last game, last two games, but um, Jack Campbell still just can't seem to figure it out, and that's a team that's going to score a lot of goals. So he might be the complete opposite of... Carl Vamelka, where he might hurt your splits a little bit, but get wins. Right. 
Right. Because that team is going to score. And I think Chalgren would probably be the same as who knows how that situation is going to yep. play out this weekend. They got a back to back. There's talks about Murray might be ready to return as well. Um, so Murray's up at 47% owned. Really don't know how that situation is going to play out so long as Samsonov's hurt. I would think that there's probably going to be some hard rotating there, uh, especially to start as Murray comes off the injury. Um, and it's not like Chalgren has played terrible. Uh, he's had some good games. Uh, hasn't really, you know, you can't really point to a single game. He wasn't great last night, but uh, you know, I don't think even though he gave up four goals on 20 shots, I wouldn't exactly pin it on him. So he's been decent enough in terms of <laughs> what the uh, the caliber is or the standard that the Leafs are, are looking for or willing to accept right now. So um, yeah, just something to monitor there as well. Chalgren's still 31% owned. Murray dropped to 47% owned after the injury. Um, Eunice Corpusalo returned for the mm-hmm. Blue Jackets. He, he gave Don't up a bunch show. of goals against the... Uh, the Avalanche in Finland, but he played well. He made like 44 saves in that game. He played really, really well tonight against the uh, Flyers. I believe he stopped 30 of 32 or 33, something like that. Had a pretty good night. He's only 4% owned. I think he's a guy moving forward that at the very least will split starts with Merzlikens. Merzlikens as well, though, hasn't been um, particularly sharp. So I think Corpus Allo is a guy that you can look at. That's a team that's that's got to find it eventually. They're going to get it going. Um, bit of a slow start, but I think that they are talented enough. The one issue is they did lose Zach Rowenski this night, this evening. I don't know how um, serious it is, but I think Corpus Allo is another name that, that kind of is somebody who could, you know, available in almost every league right now that has the potential to, to be a little bit of a workhorse here moving forward. Um, and then, yeah, we have to mention it, but Vitek Vanisek got absolutely run over this evening, yep. left tonight's game. And um, now, if he's going to miss any time, you know, you're looking at them being without uh, both Mackenzie Blackwood and Vanisek moving forward. And Akira Schmid came in, filled in very admirably tonight, stood on his head in, in overtime when the Devils had a penalty kill and ended up getting, you said it was his first career win? It was the first, first career, career win. First career win. And, and we've mentioned it. I've talked about Vanisek a ton. Um, you're playing on the team or behind a team that currently ranks first in the NHL and expected goals against per 60 and second in the NHL and expected goals for it's one of the best teams in the NHL right now. And getting the goalie on that team is going to be great. Vanacek showed that Blackwood proved that when he was healthy, um, whether it's a cure Schmid or Nico Dawes, um, yeah, we got, yeah, they're both going to be probably pretty serviceable options. He is pretty solid in the AHL last year, too. Um, had a 260 goals against, a 911 save percentage in 38 games. Was off to a really good start this year, a 918 save percentage through four games. Uh, and, you know, like Brock said, it's and like I always say, goaltending, it's team stat in, in fantasy. It's essentially a team position mask with the player's name on it. So, um, yeah, you know, they're a team that's playing well. You want the goalie for teams that are playing well. And he actually looked really, really good in that overtime and definitely – uh, stolen the game to some degree, essentially killed that power play by himself that we just watched. So Yeah, has yet to give up a goal this season in the NHL. There you go. <laughs> super sustainable. Yeah, su- super short sample size. But yeah, he's. Uh, I-, I think if he's going to be the guy there moving forward, that's a team that, that is going to protect their goaltender very, very well, regardless of who's in the pipes. Is there any other names that you guys want to chat about really quickly before we move along here? Like just if, if we take a look here around, you know, if you're looking for somebody around the 30% mark, um, Aiden Hill's probably still not going to get as many starts as you'd like. Um, it is worth noting, though, they put Laurent Bressois on waivers today. So it is going to be Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson moving forward. So Aiden Hill is going to, you know, whenever he gets a start, he's probably going to be pretty serviceable. Scott Wedgwood is still filling in for Jake Ottinger. I think we got to bring his name up as yeah, well. Ottinger should, looks like, be back next week or next game. But yeah, I mean, he could if, be. If he, if he isn't, just keep, keep riding that, that uh, wedge wave. I mentioned Jake Allen, but. 
Sam Montempo has also been exceptional. He's a 930 save percentage, a 238 goals against average. If you're really desperate, I think you could probably look that way as well. And then, as we mentioned, Frederick Anderson's out. So, Antti Ranta, his own percentage has climbed a little bit. But uh, Peter Kachetkov, who is 5% owned, had uh, gave up two goals on 22 shots against the Oilers tonight. And uh, we saw him go on a pretty impressive run with the Hurricanes last season. Um, even got some starts in the playoffs. When both their goalies were injured, he was a second-round pick in 2019. Really good numbers in the KHL, really good numbers in the AHL. Just a good-looking goalie. So um, if Anderson's going to miss any time, I don't think that they're going to run Ronta into the ground, given his durability no. concerns over the years. So Kachekov should see plenty of starts. And, D, you're talking about how this is a uh, a team stat more than anything. The Hurricanes are as good as any team in the NHL right now. Fifth in expected goals against per 60. Fourth in expected goals for. They are a absolute dominant force. So, yeah. Kachekov and Ranta, if Ranta's not available, I think Kachekov is a fine, fine pickup. Yeah, a lot of options. Tons, yeah. yeah like, it's actually it, crazy to have goaltending options of what, we're not even a quarter of the way into the season. So, yeah, yeah, like if you, you know, if you have to, if you're super banged up or your guys are struggling, like you can pick up at least two of these guys and, and get a couple starts a week that you can feel pretty good about. Yeah, long term. And I mean, I, I'm a DeSmith truther, but to me, he'd be the top option of all these just because... You love Casey. I do. I do. He's just like, he's performed well whenever he's been given the opportunity. No uh, doubt. And they just kind of, it's kind of like Francois where just like, it, it kind of seems like it's hard from the outside looking in. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense why he's never kind of been given a chance. They've always gone outside the organization. They've looked elsewhere um, or looking to give opportunities elsewhere whenever that's come up. So... Uh, but yeah, he's just straight up outplayed Yari to this point. And like I said, they've rotated starts the last eight games. So at the very least, he's going to be playing a lot more than your average backup. And, you know, there's obviously still a lot of upside in being the Penguins goaltender. So he's the top one I would go for. I think if you're looking for starts, Vimelka would be the one to go after. Um, and then after that, I think short-term value, the Hurricanes goalies like you talked about. Kachekov. Yep. Um, okay, speaking yep. of players that you, you like. Short-term value. Short-term value yes. that you like a lot. Who are your weekend streamers? All right. Love that. A little bit busier this week. We got four games on Friday, 13 on Saturday, and then six on Sunday. So we got a fair amount of Friday, Sunday streamers and back-to-backs to cover today. So we'll get right into it. Friday, Sunday, we got Dallas, Minnesota, San Jose, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Washington, all playing on both Friday and Sunday. So if you're looking to limit your matchup acquisitions and stream a couple of games in, these are the teams to go after. So we'll go uh, through the teams as we always do. So Dallas, really the one that's, that jumps out at you is Mason Marchment. Uh up there in ownership, 39% of left wing, right wing eligibility. Second line was Sagan and Guriana of second power play unit. He's got eight points in 13 games this season, so you feel good about him giving you at least one point if you fit him in your lineup this weekend. Uh, Freddie Goudreau for Minnesota, triple position eligibility, center, left wing, right wing, just 4% owned. He is centering Kaprizov and Zuccarello, which is just an awesome spot to be, and on the second power play unit. Uh, has done absolutely nothing to take advantage of it so far. Uh, zero points since being moved up to that spot a couple of games ago, but it's getting crazy minutes, basically 19 minutes a night in that spot. Uh, and like I said, there's no better spot to be in that lineup. So uh, if you're feeling lucky, that's definitely a good one to go after because he will be playing with some talented players all weekend. Uh, Thomas Hurdle, 53% owned at center. Uh, I know he's still out there in a lot of leagues, so one that I just wanted to mention here. Scored a goal again tonight. Yeah, obviously uh, a guy who offers a little bit more long-term value. First line, first power play unit. 12 points in 15 games now this season, depending on if he adds anything else to that tonight. Uh, Logan Couture, uh, a more widely available option. 28% owns. I think we all know the deal with Logan Couture at this point. Second line, first power play unit. That's still, uh, you know, there's still some options on that power play. 
Good chance he gets you a power play point this weekend. Eight points in 14 games. Nothing to write home about. Uh, he's obviously on uh, the other side of the hill at this point in his career, uh, but still a decent streaming option this weekend. And then in deep leagues, we got the boy, Kevin LeBanc. Uh, Kev. You know you can always go to Kev if you need uh, some streams. Shot just, volume monster. Yeah, just in another, like I said, deep league option here. Currently with Hurdle and Meyer on the first line. Second power play unit. Goes uh, from being healthy last week to this. Yeah, and that's just what Kev does. That's and, Kev. And that's why he's a stream and, and he'll never be anything <laughs> more than that. Uh, but yeah, opportunities there. So definitely a deep league option. Uh, Seattle, obviously Burakovsky, we talked about him at length. Someone that should just be owned, uh, but 42%. Got to mention him here. Matty Berniers, I think another guy that we would all try to find a spot on our roster for. Uh, just 37% owned. Uh, and then Bajorkstrand, probably someone we could have talked about a little bit in terms of just the waiver wire feature. The puck just not really bouncing his way, but he is shooting the puck like crazy. 48 shots on goal. Uh, love to see it in, I believe it's 13 games. Just one goal, though, on those 48 shots. So um, kind of take what you can get there. Uh, obviously, I, I would rather go Bjorkowski before Bjorkshen, but, um, you know, we love the shot volume. We like Bjorkshen. I think he's a good player, and, and you feel good about that dam breaking sooner than later for him, and hopefully you can start to take advantage of the extra opportunities he's been seeing. Uh, aside from that, you got another uh, favorite deep league streaming target, Alex Wenberg. Uh, first line top power play unit in Seattle playing with Birkowski in all situations. Um, so yeah, I think Birkowski, obviously the pick, uh, but all those guys are viable options this weekend. Can I just read off these numbers from, um, Andre Birkowski, Oliver Bjorkstrand and Alex Wumberg? You may. Okay. These guys are averaging. Where did it go? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Stand by. Interrupt streamers for this. Yes. No, the numbers are insane. Um, 2.8 expected goals, 4 per 60. Um, and uh, they've been incredible throughout the entire season. And shooting just, you know, 8% is, is pretty reasonable, but they've been um, pretty much dominant whenever they've been um, together so far this season. And every single night when I do my DFS show, this line just pops up at the top, at, like, on a nightly basis. They Like, they're so underrated. I was talking the other day about how like no one else is going to be playing these guys except for us, and they absolutely went off, and everyone's like, yeah, nobody else played them except for us. 2.97 expected goals, 4 per 60, 31 scoring chances per 60. They've been super, super solid, and no one seems to be talking about them. Yeah, and I mean, the on-ice shooting percentage, you can basically just chalk that up to Bjorkstrand scoring once on 48 shots. And also so. Alex Munberg just not being much of a goal scorer. Yeah, but he doesn't shoot a lot either. So, he no, doesn't hurt it too much. But uh, yeah, like I said, all those guys, all four of those guys in Seattle, very viable options. Um, they seem to be playing on those lesser nights a lot. And those guys are probably going to continue to be widely available. So they'll, they'll be popular uh, features on this segment throughout the season for sure. Uh, Tampa Bay, there's really just haggled. So really not going to go into that anymore. Great option this weekend. Great option moving forward in general. Uh, and then Washington, Connor Sheary, uh, third or fourth time this season making an appearance on, on the on the streaming segment. Uh, hasn't quite taken advantage of it just yet, similar to uh, Goudreau that I mentioned earlier, but he is playing with uh, Kuznetsov and Ovechkin on the top line. Certainly worth a dart throw. Seeing some time on the second unit, uh, power play unit as well. Left wing, right wing, just 9% owned. And then Dylan Strom, again, someone we talked about earlier. Brock talked about him earlier in the week. Uh, but another one, if he's available and if maybe it's a shallower league and he's not someone, you know, say in an eight or 10 team league that you want to create a long-term spot in your roster for still a very good option this weekend. Uh, so just wrapping it up 30% and under, uh, taking out some of those, uh, higher owned guys out of the equation. I would go Couture first, Bjorkstrand second, Wenberg third, Goudreau four, Shiri five. So those there are streams it. for this weekend. Uh, and then back to backs, we'll rip through these. Uh, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams 
playing a back-to-back either Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday this week when first is Pittsburgh. Casey DeSmith, like I said, could be a great uh, hold moving forward. Uh, but if he gets Saturday night against Montreal, that's an awesome spot. Um, either way, I'd look to get him in this weekend. Friday night against Toronto, obviously not as ideal, um, but you could do a lot worse on a small slate than, than Casey DeSmith with how he's been playing this season. Uh, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Friday, Vancouver, Saturday. The Vancouver game will be an enticing one. We just have no idea who's going to start it. Talks of Matt Murray potentially being ready to return like we talked about, so just a situation to monitor. I think if Chalgren's out there or Murray's out there, whichever one, if, if they are available and they're playing uh, Saturday against the Canucks, someone I'd be going after. Arizona, we got the Devils on Saturday, the Rangers on Sunday. That's a hard pass for me. I like Vimelka. I, you know, I'd probably play him against Saturday against the Devils. And, you know, even if he does get that Rangers game and, and you're in a desperate spot, like we said, he's someone that you can feel good about playing in those bad matchups and maybe getting lucky. But uh, certainly one that you're still going to have to protect your goals against your save percentage in Cats and Roto Leagues. Boston's got Buffalo Saturday, Vancouver Sunday. Keith Kincaid, 1% owned. Could be <laughs> worth rolling the dice on Sunday against the Nucks if he does get the start. Keith. Um, which we would think he I mean, if you got it. You have to not, imagine he yeah, will. It's, if there's ever a spot for him to get a start while Swayman is down, that will be the spot. And he's had uh, some good stretches as well. I think he could do a lot worse in terms of third goaltender uh, than Keith Kincaid. And with a really good team in front of him, I think he'll be worth starting on that game. Nobody uh, tweets with more emojis than Keith Kincaid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And honestly, it's like if you're in a spot where you're, where you're chasing wins but need to try to hold on to goals against and save percentage on Sunday, I think Kincaid will be one of the better options. One start in the NHL a season ago, he stopped 29 of 31 shots. In the AHL so far this season, 922 save percentage. He's, he's still a very serviceable goaltender. I, I would say for sure, like, they have, they'll have, backup, they'll have sure. no issues going to him. Yeah, so for him to be the third goalie, uh, you feel good against him playing against a struggling team like the Canucks when he's got the Bruins in front of him. Rangers, Nashville Saturday, Arizona Sunday, Yarrow Halak, 3% owned, will be a viable spot start regardless of which game he gets, assuming he does get one because they are just really content on driving Shesterkin into the ground right now. Halak's got to get a win some point. Too. Or just a start would be great. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> He gets him here and there, but uh, yeah. then he loses. The last back-to-back, the back they back. did go to Shesterkin twice, so uh, I did get burned by that. I picked up Halak early, never played. Um, so just keep in mind that could happen again, but hopefully he gets a start. You got to imagine that they're not going to start Shesterkin on a back-to-back again with Arizona on Sunday. Right? You, you, would, you would have to think. Speaking of Arizona, guys, yeah, Van Melka got the just shutout. got the shutout. Yeah. So. That's my dog. That's D's dog. Uh, Philadelphia, Ottawa Saturday, Dallas Sunday. Felix Sandstrom, 2% owned, is nothing more than a very des- uh, desperate play on Sunday. He, he's he been solid, man. He's uh, he had been one solid. decent game, I think, when I was looking at the stats. He's been solid, like basically his whole like I'm, I'm just saying like he he wouldn't be the worst option he wouldn't be the worst option 909 save percentage in his career he's been solid it's not a very good team but he's not like I don't think he's a bad goalie I think he's just been on a bad team so yeah it's not a great matchup against the stars but he would be he would be probably near the top of my list of some of these backups that you you have to dig for mm, I disagree but you know what if you want to if you want to play him then, then sure but like I said for me he's a desperation play I think there's risk there in the goals against well yeah you, I mean it is the Flyers after all yeah that's what I'm saying. And the Dallas Team Stars stats. are quite good. I, he's fine. But, uh, yeah, as we've seen with the Flyers, they need their goalie to pitch a 930 for them to have a chance of winning games this season. So. Facts. Uh, Vancouver, Toronto, Saturday. Uh, who was it Sunday? I put Vancouver They play fr- They play Friday, Saturday. No, they don't. Oh, sorry. Uh, Toronto, Boston. Yeah, Boston, Sunday. Uh, so, yeah, hard pass there on that, that back-to-back. Uh, and then Winnipeg, we got Calgary Saturday, Seattle Sunday. David Riddick, 1% owed, would fall into the desperation category if he starts Sunday. Uh, but you probably could do worse. So for me, it's Kincaid, or sorry, the Smith one, Kincaid two, Halak three, uh, assuming and hoping he gets Arizona on Sunday. I mean, yeah, is he, is he even going to be able to beat Carl Vamelka, though? Like, no what one is can. 
Well, I'm assuming Vimoko will play Saturday. Yeah, it's a back-to-back for them as well. But who knows? He might get both. He might get both. It might be 108 shots between the two. Yeah. But that's it. Lots of options there for you guys to come over this weekend. Uh, So many names that a few of them are bound to hit. See, that's just smart by me here. But uh, no, I I feel good about all those guys getting you guys at least one point this weekend. Uh, And like I said, DeSmith, Kincaid, Halak, all viable options uh, for spot starts. Um, yeah, that's pretty much going to do it for season eight, episode 18 of Daily Faceoff podcast. But we have a little bit of breaking news here, other than Carvel Melko pitching a shutout. Not good news, according to Blue Jackets head coach Brad Larson. Looking longer term, it's not good at all when talking about Zach Ruwenski's injury. So, yeah. looks like Ruwenski is going to be out long term, which is not good news for a team we just said is <laughs> probably going to. Uh, start to pick things up. Losing your best defenseman is certainly not a good way to start that uh, return to prominence, although they did beat the Flyers tonight. So not hasn't been an easy task so far this season. But anyways, that's going to do it for Season 8, Episode 18 of the DFO Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. got Dylan D. Bertham to my right, Michael Bees Bondi to my left. We'll see you guys back here on Monday. Until then, enjoy streaming those goalies. Peace. You're telling them that you need a man in who you can defend. Well, I'd be the gasoline to keep you alive. And I'd be the cold, so unbreakable. We burn together straight through the night. That's alright, baby. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.